Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me is Corey Branson and Diana Hong of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. On last week's show, we played a clip from men's rugby coach Curry Hitchborn, who proclaimed that UBC going to the Canadian University Rugby Championship was a business trip. His team fulfilled those words, dominating that tournament en route to a championship. Elsewhere, the Canada West Swimming Championships took place. Men's hockey made a big statement against Saskatchewan. Volleyball ran into some tough opposition out in Langley. Basketball continued to mostly roll, and some of our cross-country athletes took part in the Canadian Cross-Country Championships. Starting off with men's rugby, their trip to Kingston saw them crowned as Kings of Canada, claiming the national title once more. It all started with a picture-perfect win over the Royal Military College Palatins. We mentioned this briefly last week on the show, but we'll dive into it a little bit more here. They blanked them 66-0 in the quarterfinals. Connor Byron struck in the first minute before Ethan Berry scored two tries in the fifth and 13th minutes. Evan Norris wrapped up the first half scoring to give UBC a 26-0 lead heading into the break. Yeah, only up 26-0 at halftime. They then scored 40 points in the second half. That was Norris, Jacob Jacob Bourne, Relmu Wilson-Valdez, Joshua Downs, Connor O'Flaherty, and Ryan Lesque all scored tries to cap off a dominant victory. And Max Abercrombie converted all but two of his kicks. An easy win for UBC. Mm-hmm. Next up in the semifinals, the Thunderbirds took on the host, Queens Gales, not Eagles, <laughs> <laughs> Corey. And it was Can we un- stop playing Queens? <laughs> I, would, I would just like to stop playing Queens so we don't have to talk about this every damn week. <laughs> no, um, it was another good start as Jack Carson got the scoring underway with a penalty kick in the third minute before Dakota McMullen scored the first try of the game a minute later. Queens did fight back with two successful penalty kicks and then trading tries with UBC to go into the half with the score 20 to 13 in favor of the Birds. The second half saw UBC come out firing as Jack and Frank Carson scored tries and Owen Rutten tacked on some more points to make it 41 to 3. Yeah, Queens they uh, did get one back with 2 minutes to play. That was as uh, that was as close as they would get. UBC they clinched their spot in the final against Victoria who was the team that beat them in the final of the 2019 University Championships the last time that this tournament happened. This all-VC final took place in a snowstorm, um, blanketing the pitch in the sheet of white. UBC again jumped out to a quick lead with Rutain blocking a kick before diving on the ball in the try zone for the first score in the second minute. Outside of a penalty kick, that was basically all the offense in the first half as the snow made it really hard for both teams to find their rhythm. A uh, friend of the show, Jacob Bossy, had to have his jersey ripped off entirely during the play. Uh, this is on Instagram if people are interested. <laughs> you can find the clip. Yeah, I'm playing rugby in the snowstorm, not having your jersey on, not going to be a good time. The second half, that saw more excitement. Alfie Scope scored three tries for UBC. Rutten added another one. And though Uvic did manage to scrape together a try of their own, Ethan Barry added another to put the game firmly out of reach. UBC won 39-7 in what was basically three blowout victories in this tournament. 
Yeah, this makes it three out of four championships for the Thunderbirds in this tournament's young history. And while it's not yet an official youth sports tournament, there is currently an application underway to make it one. In the meantime, the Thunderbirds will prepare for a spring of many competitions after a successful yeah. fall. The the youth sports part of that would be interesting because there's currently no men's rugby no. that's part of Canada West or youth sports or whatever. And men's rugby is sort of a weird gray area where they're not really a varsity team but at the same time they're a very good team and they play all these other schools so it'll be interesting to see what what happens there mm-hmm. i also want to mention though like i saw some of the photos that were taken um at the during the snowstorm it was like really cool at the same time i was like oh it looks so cold and then when they're doing the medal ceremony it was very cute they just like gave the medal to each other it was really nice yeah this is what happens when you play an outdoor tournament in ontario in late november you run the risk <laughs> team mexico the uh, soccer team yes here. It's like, yeah i know yeah. what it feels like <laughs> well there's, there's a reason why this wasn't hosted in calgary or edmonton i guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right now try as you may all good things must eventually come to an end for seven straight years The UBC swim team swept the Canada West Championships in both the men's and women's divisions. But this past weekend, the streak was finally broken. The men did their job. They won an eighth straight title. But the women, after 11 consecutive crowns, were finally bested by the Calgary Dinos. Yes, the the streak, well, one of the streaks is over. There's still one streak, but the, the duo streak is over on the men's side. It was Blake Tierney who shouldered the load. He won seven gold medals in three days at Ooh. this tournament. He won the 4x200 freestyle relay, the 50-meter freestyle, 200-meter backstroke, 4x100 freestyle relay, 100-meter freestyle, 100-meter backstroke, and the 4x100-meter medley. <laughs> His time of 153.21 in the 200 backstroke was a new Canada West record, as was his 333.39 effort in the medley racing with teammates Tayden DePole, Justice Migno, and Kier Ogilvy. Oopsies. <laughs> Great effort. Great effort, <laughs> Diana. Uh, Emma O'Krinan was the top women's swimmer for the Thunderbirds. She took home Rookie of the Year honors. She had three gold medals in the 800-meter freestyle, the 4x200-meter freestyle relay, and the 400-meter freestyle, and also four silvers to boot. So a fantastic weekend for her, even if the team didn't live up to those lofty, lofty expectations. Only have. three golds? Got to stop it out. <laughs> we, we got people of seven over here on the, on the men's side. Uh, Derek Schroof, who's the the coach of the swimming program, he got some hardware as well. He was named the Canada West Men's Coach of the Year. Alrighty, so we like to give credit to everybody who was successful as a Thunderbird. <laughs> so I'm going to run through every single Thunderbird swimmer that won a medal uh, over this weekend. I'm not going to say you know which events they won them in, but just a rapid fire so everybody gets their due. Tierney, as we said, had seven. Mignot had six with three golds. DePaul had four with three golds. Lim had five with four goals. Ogilvy had four with two goals. McNeil had two. Dahman had one. Crawford had one. LaFranc had three. Pratt had one, and that was a gold. Young had three. One was a gold. Hemian had one. Clausen Honeyman, great name. He had one. Uh, O'Croinen had seven with the three golds, as we talked about. Davidson had two. Williams had one. Gadon had two. Dumont Belanger had two with one gold. Field had five, two golds. Weens had six, two golds. Garcia had two. Spence had four. Jeffrey had one. Mitchell had one. And when that's all said and done, and when you 
you know, divide it up so that all the medley, all, all the relays and the medleys only count as one medal each. It was 55 total medals for the Thunderbirds <laughs> in this event. So very good, even though, as we said, they didn't win the women's championship. It was still a lot of individual successes that I think all yeah. of our swimmers can be proud could, of. Could have put some sort of beat behind yeah. the, your, your, your list. <laughs> could be a mixtape or something. <laughs> um, all qualified athletes now have their sights um, set on the eSports championships this February in Quebec City. And uh, moving on to hockey, men's hockey team. Phenomenal weekend for men's hockey, including their comeback from a zero to three deficit on Saturday as they hosted the Saskatchewan Huskies, who are ranked number two in the country coming into the weekend. The Thunderbirds are now a perfect six to nothing on home ice and first place in the Canada West with a record of 8-1-1. On Friday night, the T-Birds beat the Huskies in a 4-1 win. They had three unanswered goals in the second period. T-Birds captain Tyler Sandu opened the scoring in the first period with his fourth of the season before the Huskies equalized. Yeah, the T-Birds were tied 1-1 through 20 minutes, but as Diana mentioned, they then scored three unanswered goals. Or rather, Corey mentioned that. Uh, Matt Revel and Kyle McNabb scored three minutes apart in the second, and Scott Atkinson added a fourth goal later in the period. And the Birds did close Friday night to 0-4-8 on the power play, but they outshot the Huskies by 29-25 margin, limiting Saskatchewan to just five shots in the third, so didn't need the special teams in the end. Well, we, we talked about their power play really struggling last week when they lost, mm-hmm. and this is another time where they, they win despite doing really badly on the power play, which is weird considering how many goals they're scoring at even strength. This is what we need to do. We need to continue to hold them accountable, <laughs> even when they're winning. Because <laughs> that's the thing. When they start to lose, it's like, oh, how did this happen? We were playing so well. I mean, we'll talk, we'll talk about it later in a bit, but I think one of the things that kind of got them um, was uh, he uh, Coach Sven like called a uh, timeout. And they kind of got got together, which is nice to see. <laughs> uh, looking for revenge, the Huskies started really strong early on Saturday. T-Birds found themselves down 3 nothing in the opening period as the Huskies scored three times within a five-minute span. Two of them were on the power play, just to rub it in their faces a little bit. <laughs> and another one came shorthanded. So special teams for the Huskies, A++. Yeah, but then UBC, they got their special teams going because the Huskies, Dawson Holt, he was called for interference to give the T-Birds a two-man advantage late in the first. UBC's Jonathan Smart rifled in his fourth of the season from the top of the left circle to bring momentum back for UBC. Then less than a minute later, McNabb scored to make it 3-2, heading into the second, a much more manageable deficit. The score was the same into the third, where Ravel tied the game before Chris Douglas beat Travis Child just 67 seconds later to take the lead. Ravel then scored again with less than seven minutes to play, and Tian Rask finished the game with an empty letter to make it 6-3. to three. Six unanswered goals. That's, uh, that's <laughs> an Uno <laughs> reverse card, baby. <laughs> well, they, well they, played, they played the Uno reverse in both games. It was three unanswered in the first, and six unanswered mm-hmm. in the second, just pouring it on the, the Huskies. <laughs> Uh, the T-Birds, they're back to action tomorrow and Saturday in Langley against the Trinity Western University Spartans, who they beat twice on opening weekend. They are now also ranked number two in the country behind only UNB. This was a really good weekend for them, as we talked about, beating mm-hmm. the Huskies. We brought it up last week on the show that you know, they lost a couple games last week, and, and this was their opportunity to sort of 
prove that that was just a little bit of a fluke, prove that they were still a really good team. And so they really rose to the occasion this weekend. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Women's hockey also went against the Huskies this past weekend as well, but with the weekend split. This puts them just two points behind both Mount Royal and Manitoba for top spot in the conference. Yeah, the T-Birds, they lost 4-2 against the Huskies on Friday after a scoreless first period. Both teams came back a lot stronger in the second frame. The T-Birds struck first with a goal from Sophia Gaskell early in the period. But the Huskies' Isabella Potsy then nabbed her first goal of the season off of a shot from the point. The Huskies then added another on a 5-on-3 play. That gave them a 2-1 lead. UBC's Mackenzie Kordak responded shortly after to tie it up. But less than two minutes after that, Jordan Holmes tucked one past T-Birds netminder Elise Hugens. The Huskies scored again in the third to put the game out of reach as Hugens had her first performance in goal where she looked mortal, only stopping 27 of the 31 shots she faced. The four goals she conceded was double what she set in her first five starts combined. I mean, <laughs> she was she was on an unbelievable pace. This is fine. There was no way she was going to keep she, up. Those she wasn't. Numbers. She was going to have a goals against average of. It was some. I think it was something like under zero point five. Yeah, I think la- it was like point five two or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, one last week. So so she was she was due for a, a bit of a letdown game, but she then bounced back with a twenty four save shutout, her league leading fourth of the season on Saturday, as UBC got back to winning ways with a two nothing victory. That tied them up with the Huskies in the Canada West standings once again. Both goals were scored in the first period, this time with Ashley McFadden opening notching the first and Hannah Kroll the second after she'd set up McFadden earlier in the period. Yeah, there's actually a gasp in her name. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley McFadden. (laughs) I'm glad that you recognize the sort of like family, the ancestral name that she has. That's really awesome, Diana. Oh my. The Thunderbirds, they were not able to extend their lead in the second and third, but they didn't need to. They put on a dominant defensive performance. They only allowed 13 shots in those final 40 minutes. So Hugens was fantastic, but the defense definitely made things easier for her. Great team effort. Yeah, the T-Birds, they will finish the final weekend series of 2021 next week as they host the Trinity Western University Spartans. They beat them 3-1 and 8-0 on opening weekend. So we'll see if something similar happens this time. We're now going to take a quick break for some ads and PSAs. When we come back, we'll be talking about volleyball, basketball, and then the Canadian cross-country championships. The Tribe Called Red is the hallucination with their new record, One More Saturday Night, featuring Javier Mighty, Tanya Tagak, and more out now. TransCare BC works to enhance the coordination of trans health services across the province and offer expanded health services to support transgender communities. They are doing this by developing gender-affirming client-centered models of service, ensuring access to gender-affirming and supportive healthcare that is equitable and available, and supporting network development to make sure trans and gender-diverse individuals, their families, and healthcare providers have access to information, resources, and support. Check out phsa.ca to learn more about this program and lend your voice to help create an inclusive and supportive system for trans members of our community. 
Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop is Vancouver's choicest destination for one-of-a-kind artist-made prints, posters, screen prints, riso prints, paintings, acrylic paintings, watercolour paintings, ceramic mugs, ceramic plates, ceramic bowls, ceramic pots, lapel pins, hats, toques, crochet bathing suits, jewellery, trinkets, knickknacks, hand-painted signs, curated thrift, and a bunch more stuff that won't fit in this designated block of airtime. Slice of Life Art and Gift Shop, located at 1636 Venables, just off commercial, open 11 to 6, 6 days a week. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now we're going to move on to talking about volleyball. Our volleyball teams travel to Langley today on top-ranked Trinity Western. It did not go well for the men as they lost both matches. The first one was a sweep as the Thunderbirds fell 3-0 on Friday, only reaching 20 points in one of the three sets. Despite that, the Thunderbirds had an oddly efficient offensive performance as they hit 0.321 as a team and had just 10 attack errors fewer than the Spartans did. The problem was that the th- the Spartans, sorry, they were even more efficient offensively. They hit 375, they had 9 aces, 13 service errors. UBC had only 5 aces, and they had 16 service errors. So really, first hits of each of the rallies, deciding a lot of those. Sorry, 18 service errors for the Thunderbirds, even worse. Yeah, the two teams, they combined for just 5 total blocks the entire match, as neither team was able to get control at the net, and there were also only 13 digs for each team. There's a lot of quick rallies in this one. Neither side really able to stop each other and UBC just doing it less than the Spartans did. Yeah, we saw this the last time these two teams played. They combined for like 70 aces once or something like that in, in a series. They just, it's offensive firepower. There's not too much you can do to stop it. Michael Dohaniak, Matt Neves, Colton Liu, they all had seven kills. With Dohaniak the most efficient as he hit 600. Neves also had two digs and two blocks and only five Thunderbirds total had a kill. James Vincent and El Tigre, Gerard Murray, (laughs) combined for seven. The rematch on Saturday went a little better in the sense that the Thunderbirds won a set. Won a set. Oh. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) won a set, but it came when they were already down to the nothing. And they then lost the fourth set, 25-15, to lose the match 3-1. Yeah, the Thunderbirds, they managed to hold the Spartans under 300 with their hitting percentage in this game, but... Their offense also dropped off as they hit a season-low 195. Dalhaniuk and Lou struggled the most, hitting an even zero and negative 182, respectively. They only combined for six kills. UBC found their most success down the middle, as Murray was a beast at the net. He had a career-high nine blocks to go along with an efficient four kills, while Vincent had ten kills on a 500 hitting percentage, as well as three aces. Neves had a team-high 11 kills and 5 digs, though he also had 6 service errors. These two losses dropped the Thunderbirds to 2-2 on the season, though they remain in the national ranking at uh, number 9. Their final games before winter break are on the road against UBC Okanagan, who are 3-1. The Thunderbirds have won 8 straight against the Heat. The women's team, they fared much better than the men's. They split their series against the Spartans. Friday's match, it was a loss. It was 3-1 to one as, like the men on Saturday, UBC fell behind 2-0 before winning a set and then lost the fourth. 
This matchup was a lot closer than 3-1 might suggest. UBC had more kills, more aces, same number of digs, same number of blocks as the Spartans. They did have more service errors. They had 19-13 to 13 for Trinity Western and a worse hitting percentage, 226 versus 274. This led to them losing the first set by just two points and the fourth set by only three. Um, this was a match with much some longer rallies. Very long rallies. The two teams combined for 250 total attacks and 102 digs. By comparison, the men's match that went for four sets saw them combined for 170 total attacks and 48 digs. Yeah, much longer of a matchup in this one. Kara Kovacs was the star for UBC. She had a career-high 19 kills on a 326 hitting percentage along with six digs. Elise Pettit had 11 kills, 10 digs, and three aces. And setter Kayla Oxland recorded 39 assists and 10 digs. Second match, this was an absolute marathon. The first set ended up going until there was a score of 32 to 30. 32 to 30. Both of them hit 30 points in a set <laughs> in the first set. And that one went to the Spartans. So what was it? What did it matter anyway? UBC, <laughs> though, they won the second set, dropped the third, tied it up in the fourth. And then <laughs> that one was also an extended play. That one went 28 to 26. And then finally, after all of this, they won the final set, 15-11. to 11. This match was a slog as both teams hit under 150 and had 324 total attacks combined along with a combined 131 digs and 23 blocks. Jess Godridge led UBC in the former category with 14 digs while Daniel Price had 6 blocks. I mean, 324 total attacks in a single game is pretty ridiculous this feels like cricket you know how cricket can just go for like seven days or yeah. whatever like that's that's the vibe i get yeah, from there, there was there was not a listing of how, how long this match went in terms of total time from the start to the end but i imagine this could have gone for like maybe like two and a half hours or close to three hours or something Whew. like that <laughs> offensively while kovacs and pettit both hit under 100 it was claire Cosarini who shined with 12 kills and zero attack errors as well as two blocks and three aces. Lucy Borowski also chipped in with a season-high seven kills and five digs. Women's team, they're now also 2-2, two and two, and they take on the 4-0 UBC O this weekend. The Heat did win their last meeting, and UBC has lost two of their last three matches in Kelowna. It's not often you see the Thunderbirds volleyball teams having worse records than both the UBC O teams, so we'll, we'll see if this is a changing of the guard. <laughs> nice subtle UBC. dig there. <laughs> It wasn't Man, very... this never happens. <laughs> it wasn't very subtle. <laughs> Straight up. All right. Uh, switching to basketball here, folks. Are you in the market for lotus root, bok choy, or winter melon? Because I have the game for you if that's the case. It was a TNT showcase in Prince George this weekend. The UBC T-Birds and the UNBC T-Wolves. Diana, I don't know why you're laughing. The women's basketball teams, they locked horns. True to form for UBC, it was two more close ones, an 81-77 loss and a 68-66 win. The Thunderbirds' largest single-game point difference this season is still only seven, and that was in a game that went to overtime <laughs> first anyway. They, they can't help themselves. No. They're, they're addicted to games being super close all the way to the end. It's entertaining, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It was yet another heartbreaker for the Thunderbirds on Friday night as they led the the opener in the final minute of the game. What followed was a uh, Timberwolves and 
my negative one on the first turnover <laughs> and two free throws to ice him for the bad guys. Gosh. <laughs> it's an and one, not a negative oh, one. God. Diana, you need to be knowing basketball terminology. You're going to be commentating a game this weekend. <laughs> no, I saw hyphen. I'm like, what? So first we do an animal recognition quiz with Diana. <laughs> and then we do a basketball terminology quiz. This sounds like a really fun show. I'm excited for this. Unlike Corey, I, I read my script. <laughs> I don't change it. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Back to the actual basketball game. Kate Johnson, she was solid in the loss. She had 22 points with six rebounds, four steals, and three assists. Haley Council added 14 points, while Emily Martindale and Ryan Chris Manson put up 10 each. Daniel Sturich was productive on the boards, as usual, with 12. Shooting efficiency, though, that doomed UBC once again. In the first half, their field goal percentage was over 50%, but in the final two quarters, it dropped to 25%. Most notably, as a part of that, the Thunderbirds couldn't get a single three-pointer to drop after halftime. Game 2 saw UBC mount a mini-comeback as they trailed back four at the midway point. A slick third quarter staked them to a five-point lead with ten minutes to go, but they still needed a last-second defensive stop to secure their third win of the season. Johnson was the spark plug for the second night in a row. She scored 18 to lead the team. Half of those came in that electric third quarter. And she had six boards as well. Martindale and Strich, they were bench players in game one, but they were starters once again in game two. They also had impactful evenings. Both of them nearly double-doubled. Martindale had 17 points and eight boards, while Strich went for 10 points and nine boards. Both Johnson and Council, the Thunderbirds... Gosh. The Thunderbirds' 1-2 punch were productive in the win, but a bit of recklessness did seep into their games. The two players combined for eight personal fouls and nine turnovers to help UNBC stay alive. Yeah, they are now 3-5, and five, and the Thunderbirds will face their nemesis from the opening night of this season, the undefeated Trinity Western Spartans, to wrap up 2021. The series starts Friday at 6 at War Memorial Gym. Diane and I will be on the call for that game, and then Corey and I will be on the call for the rematch on Saturday. I believe that starts at 5 Can't on wait. Saturday. So both of those will hopefully be good games, and, well, the women's team, they've had a lot of good games this season, so hopefully that continues. Can you imagine? You know, we're, we're up there in the booth, we're getting our chance, finally doing commentary, and it's a blow-up. No, don't <laughs> say that! Don't time. say that! Oh, man. After a brief hiccup in their exhibition game against SFU, the number 5 Thunderbirds men's basketball team was back to their winning ways against UNBC this past weekend. The teams kept it relatively close on Friday. UBC earned an 85-76 to victory before the floodgates opened up and the Birds cruised to a 101-69 win the next day. That was their first 100-point performance of the season. Game 1 saw UBC uh, lead by seven after the first quarter, then trade buckets with the Timberwolves for the rest of the game as the margin remained steady. UNBC got to within five a couple of times in the fourth quarter, but UBC always responded. Yeah, James Woods led the Tebers with 22 points, while Grant Audu and Sukman Sandu put up 14 apiece. Sandu nabbed another double-double. He's had a few this season 
with 12 rebounds. Kyle Foreman, he put in a bona fide jack-of-all-trades performance. He tallied 12 points, 9 boards, 8 assists, 7 steals. He was everywhere on the court Friday night. That's a bit of a ridiculous stat line right there. And we, I, I remember mentioning last week, he's sort of come out of nowhere for this team because he was hurt to start the season, and he's not played on a university or college basketball team in a few years before coming to UBC as a master's student, and now he's just walking into the starting lineup and putting up these numbers. We'll take it. <laughs> it's great. Don't let numbers deceive you. The Thunderbirds shot a perfect 100% from the free throw line in this game on three total attempts. By contrast, the uh, Timberwolves had 19 tries from the charity strip, hitting 13. At game two, compared to that game one that was very close, was a walk in the park as UBC led 10-0 in the open quarter. They never looked back from there. The lead was 54-33 at the half, and then bench players for both squads played the whole fourth quarter. Thunbirds, they moved to 8-0 on the season. Audu led the team in points. He dropped 23 with six rebounds and five assists. Tristan Matthews, he was the top contributor off the bench. He had 15 points. And then Audu, after those two fine performances, he was named Canada West Player of the Week. Sandu had a respectable 13 points, but all of them came in the first quarter. He was shelved in the second with a banged ankle, ruining his chance to keep up that meteoric scoring pace. And hopefully Sandu is all right and not out for too long. The men's team, they finished the year back at home against the Spartans, who through just four conference games, are still searching for their first win. Interesting that they've only played four games so far this season when UBC's played eight. Yeah, both both Spartans teams have only played four, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. They've both played one game against UBC back at the start of the season and then three games against the Bikes, and that's it. It's also flooding might be an impact as well True. in the future. So True. I think they a couple of the games got delayed to January. Mm-hmm. So. That, w- that, w- that would make sense, yeah. given that they're far enough... Into the interior of the province. Mm -hmm. Um, Now moving on to cross country. A number of Thunderbirds took part in the Canadian cross country championships. Most of them in the under 20 competitions. Thomas Knobs and Tyler Dozy, they both took part in the senior men's 10 kilometer open. They finished 9th and 11th respectively. They were 21 seconds apart with Knobs finishing 45 seconds back of the winner, John Gay, who is an alum of UBC. Yeah, so we can, we'll count that as a win. <laughs> he, he's not been here for a couple years, but it's fine. On the men's U-20 8-kilometer race, Spencer Hardy finished third with a time of 26 minutes, 59 seconds, which was 33 seconds back of first place. Javier Tijuana finished ninth. Jacob Wadwani, 11th. And Dylan Ulrich, 27th. Jamie Nessie was the one Thunderbird to take part in the Senior Women's 10K Open and finish 22nd with a time of 40, um, set for me, 40 minutes and 7 seconds. The top Thunderbird in the Women's U20 6K race was Katie Newlove, who came in third at 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Other under-20 UBC athletes were Abby Ilapakala. She was 14th. Amelia Fole was 15th. And Elise Fleming was 17th. This now ends the cross-country season, and a number of these athletes will compete in track and field competitions in the new year. Yeah, and as mostly distance runners, as you would expect. (laughs) (laughs) One of them's a pole vaulter, though. You'll never see it coming. That's true. (laughs) Alrighty, folks, that's pretty much everything that we had to cover, so 
before we disappear. Just a quick run through of the sports that are happening this weekend. As we mentioned, there is a Thursday game this week. That's for men's hockey. That's them playing in Langley against Trinity Western. So keep an eye out for that. On Friday, it's the women's hockey game also against Trinity Western. The volleyball games at UBC Okanagan and the basketball games at home against Trinity Western. A lot of games against the Spartans right now. Makes sense as we're mostly playing BC teams. And then on Saturday, most of the same volleyball games at UBCO, hockey games and basketball games against those Spartans. That's pretty much everything. We're wrapping it up here uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, both hockey and basketball looking to uh, avenge the volleyball teams playing against uh, <laughs> Trinity Western. And with that, Thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with the UBC Thunderbirds news and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is The Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, Diana Hong with contributions from Mike Liu. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.